to episode 37 of Under the Holotable, a Hoth News Network. No, that's not right. A Holonet News Network. No, wait, that's not right either. A Holotable News Network podcast covering in-depth analysis, mods, tips, and the hottest topics from the outer rim. Uh, Pico <laughs> shared a cute story telling people about the podcast, and he forgot the name. Uh, yeah, we always refer to it as HNN. But uh, as I was listening, I was like, Pico, what's the name of my podcast? Under the what? <laughs> what's the H stand for? Uh, and, you know, everyone knows it's homeostasis. Uh, love you, Pico. Um you know, I was wondering if Pico has to go through the same gymnastics that I do when explaining the podcast, you know, that there are two shows and then we alternate weeks. I go by Voxen. We're the good podcast. No, I'm kidding, of course, but uh, I digress. I am Voxen and uh, joining me on today's episode, uh, my co-host and esteemed community member, Mole Pokey. Thanks for joining me today, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's great. And our special guest today, Ken, uh, who is the creator of the website Grand Arena Science. Uh, you may or may not have used it, but we're going to be learning a lot about it today. So, Ken, thank you so much for joining us. It is also a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a great resource. I certainly use it often on a lot. I think a lot of us may default to .gg, but um, it's so good to have another resource, you know, for other ideas. Um, or other comps, and uh, especially for fleets. Um, I just find it fantastic. So uh, we're talking a little bit about Grand Arena Science today, but before we jump into that, let's get to know our guest. Uh, Ken, what is your GP? Um, a little bit under 12 million, I think. 11, 9, something or other. Almost 12. Nice. And would you say you're a Star Wars fan? You know... Yes, I would say in general, but I'm a Star Wars fan in the same way that I'm a fan of like Western movies or something like that. Um, in fact, actually, I think this game in the last, oh, it's crazy, it's been five years now, I guess, um, in the last or more than more than five years, 2016, I guess, is when I started playing or Christmas of 15. But I've become much more of a Star Wars fan after playing this game and getting more involved in it. So I know that feeling. Long answer. Yeah. Yeah. What, so what got you started in it? Um, actually, Christmas of 15, I think, I was with my, my wife's family, and I have a couple of, um, well, mini niece and nephews, but one of my nephews was like 14, I think, at the time, 13 or 14, and he was playing this game on his phone. It's like, ah, oh, that looks pretty cool, and I've got some spare time here over the holidays, so I picked it up, and then after the holidays, I, I played it a little bit, and then I think probably in... Um, middle of uh i don't know yeah middle of the next year may or something like that that the first first few months i started becoming more involved and then started taking it seriously then so sort of from launch but not really seriously until a few months afterwards gotcha yeah i think it's funny the way the relationship works with this game that i know so many more character names because of this game this yeah um, and uh, that kind of dives you into more lore things as well, which is so funny. So, like, who is this character? Where are they? Like, Afra, right? You know, I might not know or don't know Afra, but then you're like, who is this character? And you start like, like reading the wiki. So, um, even though those are a set of comics, I do plan on reading. But uh, that's great. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of sounds like you let us know um, when you got started there as well. And then um, 
do you have a fit? What is your favorite game mode? I guess that's kind of inherent. There's no question whatsoever. I would not be playing <laughs> this game if it wasn't for Grand Arena. I actually right. was, I was very close to, to quitting when Grand Arena came out, but that's really reinvigorated and, and kept my interest since then. So. so how do you do with like conquest and other like PVP modes? Like, are you looking forward to the new raids or, um, or PVE modes? Sorry. I mean, I do all parts of the game um, and I, I'm not saying that I do them great, but I'll make the most out of the um, the resources that are there. I don't like to, I certainly spend money on the game, but I don't like to spend money. Mm. So I'll take the most, the most time that I have and able to um, maximize the resources that you sort of get for free. That's, that's what I think is worthwhile. Um, I am actually really looking forward to the new raid system just because I think for many people, but also for me, being able to choose when I want to do the raids will be fantastic. You know, I can do it in evenings, in the mornings, or, you know, when I have some time in the middle of the day, but instead of having to look for a particular time to do them, that that part for me will be great. So Conquest, uh, no, I think Conquest sucks after you get the red box, um, but- It's not that great before the red box do. either, but yeah. <laughs> No, like the the I think the first conquest every every set of three when the data or the data disks are new that's sort of cool to figure out the combinations. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, after that, like it's mm -hmm. just sort of working your way through the same old same old type of thing. Diminishing returns. Yeah. One of the yeah. things I really enjoyed this conquest was they of course made the mistake of leaving the disks in. <laughs> yeah, but I think. You know, that's kind of a funner part. I almost thought, hey, this is actually kind of cool. Like, I wish this was the norm where we just had, you know, even give us like more discs. And so we have more combinations and more things we can play around with, you know, and putting these combos together and making the matches. I don't know. I, I found this going to be a little bit more pleasurable just because we had such a plethora of um, discs available. Um, but um yeah, Mold, do you want to ask the next yeah. question? Yeah, do you, do you have a favorite uh, team or favorite faction? When I first started playing the game, I think right after I started taking it seriously is when they introduced um, Biggs and Wedge. Um, and it's about that time where I started to really enjoy the Rebel faction. So in the first few years, and then they had, you know, Bays and Chirrut afterwards and all sort of stuff, CLS and whatever, what have you. Um, so at the beginning, Rebels were my favorite faction, but as soon as they redid the Night Sister faction, um, since then, I've really enjoyed Night Sisters, and especially now that Marin is here, um, I think Night Sisters are pretty cool. Like the dynamic of the faction, how it works, some unique mechanics there that are, are pretty interesting. So yeah, not, currently Night Sisters are my favorite faction. Nice. Yeah, they, it took me a little while to wrap my head around how they worked. Uh, they seemed completely counterintuitive when I first got into the game. Like, you want them to die? That what? Yeah. That, but yeah, they're they're pretty great. Yeah, that's interesting too. Like, there's some cool stuff now with. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that I I haven't even seen, but with Asajj Ventress lead, which was very popular back in the day with her turn meter removal and so many teams being vulnerable to that, um, with Marin. Marin sort of like guaranteed turn meter and Asajj's turn meter removal. It's sort of counterintuitive compared to how you'd think Marin works with the Talzin lead, but there's some interesting, like weird little things working there as well. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's a strange team to figure out for sure. Yeah, nice. That kind of sounds like, yeah, we started around the same time that Akbar lead meta with Wedge and Biggs. Well, I, have a, I always have a special place yeah. in my heart. Although, yeah, then <laughs> Big, um, uh, Trit and uh, <laughs> Baze, yeah, Baze came in and just destroyed all my hopes and dreams. I was like so upset. That was like the first, I think, uh, you know, whatever pay to win. My first interaction with pay to win mechanic. I was just like, oh my God, I hate these tunes so much. And then, yeah, it was like so exciting when I got them to, you know, gear 12, you know, back in the day or got them to seven stars. So, yeah, just so funny the way that works, you know, and how far we've come in the game. So, um, do you have a favorite character in the game? Uh, I would say right now, I really enjoy Marin. I think I think she's awesome. Okay. Um, but I I would say historically, it sort of goes back to my rebel roots. But also, what I enjoyed about this game is learning about other aspects of the Star Wars universe. I think Ahsoka Tano is probably my favorite, like overall character, partially because of the game, but also just because I never would have watched Clone Wars if it wasn't for this game. Hmm. So I think the whole like character development arc that she had in, in that series and then on to well, live action coming up here pretty soon, I guess. Cannot wait. It'll be cool. Um, is there a, a, do you have a, like a, a favorite character or ship you'd like that isn't in the game yet that you'd like to see come to the game? Um, to be honest, I'm really curious now just because the Mandalorian series is over, I think. Um, I would love to see some more of the Mandalorian characters come. Um, I would, <laughs> I'd actually love to see, I know we're having a crate Dragon Raid that's coming up, but um, it's terrible. I forget the name of the beast. What's the Mandalorian, like the mythical beast? The Mythosaur, I think. Yeah, the Mythosaur. I would love to have some either raid or some interaction with the Mythosaur mm -hmm. in some way in the future. I think that would be pretty, pretty cool. Can you say that there's something incredibly disappointing about the name Mythosaur? It's it's almost like yeah. it's 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 it hits the nail on the head a little too hard, I think. Right. Like an obtainium or whatever it was yeah. from the yeah. um, other series. But it would be cool to see something more with that in the game, yeah. Yeah, and I think everyone is probably gonna be wanting that IG twelve baby Yoda thing, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. thing. That's, if it comes to the a game of basic will probably be like yes 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 and you know like special one no 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 uh anyway spoilers uh <laughs> go watch the final episodes of uh mandalorian um let's see do you have any quality of life updates you'd like to see come to the game um outside of conquest <laughs> what outside of conquest um <laughs> <Yeah>. i would <laughs> I, I would say uh, fleet loadouts, but hey, right. we're going to have those. We finally have it. It only took, what, two and a half, Amazing. three years, I think, that we, when we first were clamoring for it. Yeah. I think probably in the same way that they got rid of um, arena payout importance, and now they're removing the time specificity for raids, I'm hoping they do the same for fleet, fleet arena. Um, having to log in at a certain time to get your, you know, Zeta materials and crystals and whatever. I would love to, well, I think they might introduce some sort of new competitive mode, but anything to get away from the logging in at a particular time is something that would be great for me. Just, uh, it's annoying 
because most things in the game you can do within a 24 hour period or something like that. Yeah, being chained at any time to any of the modes. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned with the raids before, my guild started um, doing morning raids to accommodate some people who are on different time zones. Great, I'm all for it. But yeah, like I either have to set my clock earlier, which I do, and then, you know, I'm just waking up to do the raid in the morning, which is a weird, a weird yeah. thing to be doing. For a yeah, game like, like this, Saturday, on, especially on a at... phone. Yeah, yeah. Saturday, I'm waking up at 7 a.m. to do the raid. Yeah. Uh, so, oh god, yeah, I, I, I do. I am looking forward to that as well. Um. So, are you working? What are you working on currently in your roster? Uh, I'm working on hoarding because <laughs> I'm very curious what Cal Survivor sort of brings to the to the meta in general. Um, I. Think I'm curious also about Saw a little bit. I have to say with Tarful, now that we have his kit, I'm not too surprised. Like I think it's gonna be very interesting. And I think in the last four or five months with a lot of the new characters, they're they're introducing a lot of new dynamics that are sort of counter to everything. Well, not counter, but they have the ability to easily, air quotes, beat a lot of the existing teams just in terms of how the dynamic works. Um so I'm curious. Well, for what Saw does, I guess, but also with um, with Survivor Cal, if he's sort of like a Star Killer character, or if he's more like Afro with Datacron character, or like power level, how he fits. So I'm just spending the minimum amount of gear levels or relic levels to get some, you know, maybe some relic sevens for the Datacrons or something like that. But I'm really, besides that, I'm just hoarding. I kind of have a question for both of you, actually. Uh... I'll, Ken, I'll start with you. Do you, when like these new tunes are coming out, obviously for Jedi Survivor, um, are you taking the, these characters as a release to seven stars um, right when they come out? Or because I mean, the requirements are going to be gear 12, um, seven stars, or maybe you're like slow farming the early ones and then you'll um, speed up the last ones. Uh, what's your um, process? So in general, I really hate to whale on characters, but that's sort of with a large caveat. Um, by whale, I mean spend crystals to buy them within a few days of their release or something. The only character I've done that with recently is Marin, just because I think my sisters are pretty cool. But the last one before that was uh, more, more than a year ago, at least. I don't remember the last character's long time. However, um, I will oftentimes take a character to five stars with crystals for the Omicron materials, which is definitely a bit whaley. Um, and then whether I actually buy their shards with crystals or wait for them to be farmable is for me at least. Uh, and by buy their shards, I mean like when they're available in the, the weekly shop or something like that. Um, so that for me, that just depends on how they sort of fit into existing teams and stuff like that. Like if I think they'll be a very valuable member of a team and then you know the top 22 teams or the top um 18 or something like that whatever useful in gac basically mm -hmm. then i might buy their shards for for crystals um but that's what like i would say for me it's like 50 50 if i do that or just wait until they're farmable and just farm them so it sounds like it's kind of on a case-by-case -case basis. So did Zori fit that for you? Did you quote-unquote like whale on her or? 
No, I didn't actually for Zori. I waited until she was farmable. Well, until I could buy her shards for crystals, basically. Gotcha. Um, so I guess this is the middle case. I didn't yeah. wait until she was farmable from the node, but I didn't buy her packs or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, because think... also she was pretty good at like, without being seven stars. Oh, okay. That's a good point as well. Yeah, I think so... Gambit has called it like soft whaling. When you like wait till it's in the packs and stuff, that's uh, what Zareth says that he does a lot. And well, yeah, what's your process? Like, where do you stand on, you know, seven staring characters when they come out? So I tend to soft whale uh, per Zareth's description or mm -hmm. basically uh, it varies um like i was not planning on taking seer to seven stars immediately but i but i was i take her up to five and i pulled 150 from a crystal wow, pack. congrats thanks and and so i was just like well now i'm a lot of the way there <laughs> i've already got i've got these crystals sitting so i i did that for her yeah i i i am so and I took Marin up because I was just so interested. I so I, I took her, got her oh, immediately. Cool. But like Cal, I soft whaled on. I don't plan on seven starring Tarful off the bat. I will seven star saw if I have to to be able to get Cal out of the gate, the Cal survivor. Yeah. Out of the gate. Yeah, yeah. If I can avoid doing that, cool. And of course, you know, sight unseen. I don't know his kit. Um, I'm. I'm assuming he fits in somehow with rebel fighters because I frankly can't think of anywhere else he'd go realistically, but you know, is he, is he going to move a needle in a significant way? Who knows? Um, but yeah, so I tend to take the, the soft whaling approach. Um, yeah. Yeah. That boy getting that 150 is a blessing and a curse, I guess. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I've had, I don't know how often people, pull high numbers i mean i under I, i've looked at the probabilities like i know it's not often but i i've I, like you know i pulled a th i wasn't planning on getting afra immediately and then i pulled a 330 on sauna and i was like well hell here we go like this is great <laughs> yeah for sure um you know and and that was the third 330 i've ever pulled wow whoa yeah That's i pulled crazy. one i, yeah, I pulled one on jolie a long long time ago and I pulled one on Omega, which was cool, but not that cool because it was Omega. Um, <laughs> but Sana, Sana, yeah. I was pretty happy with. So that's anyway. funny. Actually, I've had. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, it's is I, I think I'm pretty much done. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say I've only ever the the biggest pull I've ever had is a 150, and that was funny. It was actually also on Omega as well. Um, and I, I still, uh, it took me like another week to decide, should I spend more crystals to take her all the way to seven? It's Omega. Like, really, what is she going to do? Um, in the end, I did just because, you know, um, well, what's that um, false idea of, oh, I forgot the name of the, when well, you're invested, but you're not really invested. Yeah, I know, know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to think like false equivalents now, but I don't think that's it. Um, right. Okay. But yeah, that's so funny with Omega. Yeah, I wonder if that's like a, the, the rate might have been up a little bit. Well, what, was, what I was really amused by was, you know, the other person who got 330 with Sauna. I'm not, I'm sure there were more than one other person, but Arnold also got 330 with Sauna. Oh, right. Uh, and it was, oh, really? it, was it, it was very interesting. It was very funny. Like, I was like, well, that, that takes some of the wind out of my sails. <laughs> 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 yeah if you if you share oh look i got 330 like ah eh, 
somebody else has like <laughs> ten thousand likes on that same concept or something. Yeah. Anyway, it was, it was good. Yeah, I was really sad that we didn't see with Marin the gamble pack that we got with the other two, uh, mm. where they just gave us like the one, the the whole yeah. community like the one shot at you know getting the uh, the three thirty. So I thought that was really fun because then you'd go to Discord. You know, there were a couple people who'd get it. You know, it's just kind of cool to see. You know, the people who did hit the three thirty with those mm. in the community. Uh, Ken, uh, moving on. Shout, uh, shout out to your guild. Uh, yeah, sure. So I'm in Ka Empire, which I joined just a few months ago, actually. Mm. Um, I had been in one of the Shadowlands guilds before for quite a while, but uh, a bunch of my friends moved to this Ka Empire, and I had a few friends here from long, long time ago guilds. So worked out great, and. I, to be honest, I hope none of them, or a few of them listen to this, but uh, I, I'm not a huge TW fan. Like, I love the combat part of TW, yeah. but the game mode itself, I find, I don't know, as somebody who enjoys GAC and, like, making my own decisions, TW is, especially in a competitive guild, and it's a pretty good TW guild. Um, but you really have very little... Uh, like leeway in terms of choosing what to do in, in a good or competitive TW guild. Mm -hmm. So I find that a bit of a disappointment for me, but the guild's pretty cool, very relaxed about TW, even though they do really well. So I really enjoyed it there. Yeah, so it's a good group of people. Now the Ka guilds are all tiered, is that right? They have, um, like there's there's a, a, a few broken down and then I think, and then are they tiered or? Are they just down to one at this point? No, no, there's there's more than one. To be honest, I really don't get involved in the whole guild organization politics gotcha. part. I, oh, I'm sure. I did the gotta be a nightmare for those officers. Yeah, I did. I had a couple of guilds, uh, really just two guilds early in the game, uh, and I really enjoyed that. It was great, but now that the game has gotten so much more complex, and especially after GAC for me, like I'll just play GAC. The other stuff I don't really want to deal with. Um, but there there are like I think now I'm going to get shit in the guild discord. Oh, sorry if I can say shit on this show. Of but, course. Totally fine, um, yeah. There's definitely, I think there, I think there's four of them. There's like the main one, Ka Patrol. Okay. The Ka Empire, which is the one I'm in. That's sort of okay. the second one. And then there's, I think there's two others in Ka to Insanity and whatever. It's terrible that I don't know their names, but oh, it, you're still as far there. as I am. Don't give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> As far as I understand, it's not really a tier so much. Like they're all individual guilds, and they share some information between them. But there's not a ton of, yeah. of movement to, between guilds or anything like that. They In terms sort of, of an alliance. Yeah, they share info, and we have some a few shared Discord channels, but not that many. Mm -hmm. It's pretty. It's pretty nice for me. It works out pretty well. Have you ever been an officer in a guild? Uh, well, I, like I said, I was the guild leader for a couple of guilds for about oh, okay. two, oh, two years, that. two and a half years. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and then at some point, I just got done with that, and I <laughs> yeah. didn't want to deal with the, the overhead any longer, Yeah. especially with TW. It's really it coincided almost perfectly with GAC releasing. Mm. Um, before that, we were in a, for our GP range, we were a pretty good GP or a pretty good TW guild. Um but then GAC came out and myself and quite a few others were more interested in GAC than TW. And there just weren't a lot of other people who wanted to take over the TW reins. 
So the guild sort of fell apart a bit. Um, and since then I was like, well, uh, no thanks for any officer duties. I'll just play GAC and do whatever is needed in the other parts of the game. Yeah, it's such a relief. It's such an interesting dynamic too between the people who are really good GA players and then, you know, what would be like a counterintuitive interest in TW. You know, I know Zareth has also kind of uh, expressed his disinterest in TW to some extent, you know, but, you know, you would think there would be just so many similarities in the enjoyment you have in, uh, you know, your grand arena, but it really is, a, you know, a, a single, you're really getting a lot of enjoyment from your single accomplishment. And then, you know, in TW, you're just a, a cog in the machine. Yeah, and it's it's interesting a bit, like, I think, Right when G before Omicrons came out, I'll say that before Omicrons came out or before they were really popular, there was a huge overlap between TW and GAC, obviously, like there was no specific game mode stuff. So you could sort of do both of them if you had the time. Um, but I think the more the time has gone on, the actual counters that you would use to a lot of teams with the vast, there's like 30 plus, I think, of each TW and GAC now, Omicrons, 30, 30 plus of each. So it's just like there's a really, just a huge difference. And to have the amount of time to know what both of those are, uh, I'm sure you could do it, but it's, it's tough enough in GAC. I don't know what all the Omicrons do. So it's a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, having switched guilds uh, a month ago, I was an officer. I was sort of the TB officer of my last guild. And okay. boy, is it ever nice to not like. I, I'm actually enjoying TW a lot more. Someone tells me what to do. It's yeah. fine. Like, and it's, and we're not super like, you know, in ODB we're we want to do well, but we're not super competitive. We're going to, we we're I, I think the general vibe is, yeah, we're going to lose sometimes. That's fine. And, but boy, it is, um, it, it, you know, it is this really strange getting used to, not jumping in until someone tells you to jump in and here are the three squads yeah. you can use and you know put in your put in discord uh, how many points you scored and like whatever it's fine I'm, I'm done not complaining it's actually quite refreshing in its way um but uh but it is it is definitely a cultural shift that's for sure it takes a while to get used to but it's definitely uh, i also find it quite enjoyable that's great uh well moving on uh let's talk about grand arena science uh again what is grand arena science grand arena science is a web ui that replicates a spreadsheet i kept for myself <laughs> <laughs> so it obviously it's, it's a lot more than that um but around the time when I stopped being a, this is like a year after I stopped being a guild leader and I started doing more GAC stuff. Um, I, I personally am a pretty organized person and I keep spreadsheets for a bunch of stuff, both professionally um, and also in, in games, I guess I, I keep spreadsheets. And I was like, man, I have this huge database of different, um, different counters basically. And for me personally, a, a way that I really learned a lot more about counters was watching videos because it's great to see stats. And earlier when you were saying, you know, GG and Grand Arena Science are sort of, well, in my mind, they're very complementary hmm. um, because definitely Grand Arena Science, at least 
the current iteration of ground doing science, it is purely focused on um, demonstrative stats. So not actually what, according to the staff, like many of the counters that are very popular and have a high success rate and are rated as easy are not 100% counters on GG because it's depending on the datacron that you use and the relic levels and stuff like that. So I wanted like, I have these, these video links to different counters and stuff. So it would be cool if I had a way to share them with other people because it's easier than sending them the link in Discord. Um, and this was right about the time that COVID started. It's like, yeah, you know what? I haven't done any actual programming like I did programming way back in the beginning of my career, but I moved on from that a long time ago. Um, so maybe I'll learn some new language while COVID is keeping us stuck inside. Um, so I built like a very, very, very basic UI and I started the Discord. This was like, I think the end of, uh, the end of 2020 when I started the Discord, but I think the beginning of 2021 when I actually just started to like build a little app. Um, the app was terrible, <laughs> like barely usable. Uh, but I, I had some some people who joined, in particular, um, uh, Bit Dynasty um, or Din Din Game or whatever. Um, awesome guy. He was like one of the first ones that said, "Hey, I love your idea, but do you maybe need some help or something like that?" <laughs> I was like, "Well, now that you mention it, that would be fantastic." So he has done all of the UI work, like the whole front end is, is all him. Wow. Yeah, so right, right now, actually, while I had the idea for Grand Arena Science, there's, there's five of us that are like all equal partners. Um, there's three developers, myself, eh, developer-ish, sort of back-end infrastructures type of thing, and, and free, Moholy, you know, free. Mm -hmm. um, so him and I did a lot of the design work for what is currently there and a bunch of stuff that we're working on um, or have been working on for a while and some other stuff we're about to launch. But um, it's the three of us. And then so v, um, Bit Dynasty joined and has done like 99.99% of all the UI work. And there's another guy, uh, RMC, who all of us are basically GAC enthusiasts and at different times, people offered to help and some people, most people we just didn't really need their help, but some people we uh, we were very happy to have them join us. So RMC is another guy. Uh, we, we just fought his guild actually in uh, TW and they, they beat us pretty well. It's a good fight. He's, he's in Maw. Um, and then uh, Zeti, uh, I'm pronouncing his name poorly, uh, but he's another GAC enthusiast and he's an awesome developer. So he's now part of the team. So it's the five of us that do um, all of the work. It's not just me. I came up with the idea, but at this stage, I make some spreadsheets and chat with everybody and try and organize things. But I'm certainly not the only one doing work. Well, it's I a long, long answer. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, there's a lot there. So, I mean, I, I think that was great uh, because that the thing that I love about Grand Arena Science is it gives you the missing 
component, which is experience. You know, data can only take you so far, but a lot of times, you know, when we do experience counters, sometimes there's an order of operations that has to happen for it to be successful, you know, and things like that. And so a lot of times when I'm using a counter for the first time, maybe it's like, yeah, I want to use videos. And sometimes, you know, you're facing a weird comp and yeah, Grand Marine Science kind of lets you cut through it and like figure out like the comp you're facing and see what has worked and then direct links to videos to kind of show you when you can watch two or three, you know, and kind of break it down and get a better idea of exactly what you might want to do or how your team will measure up to what the person is doing, you know, or even it gives you kind of a launching pad for finding other videos like the one that you have linked on your website. So um, yeah, it's just such a great resource to kind of take that data to the next level um, and really getting to see how the, these counters work. So um, that's been really invaluable um, part of that website, which I really love. Um, yeah, thank you. And yeah, that's for me, that was the whole goal is to have a place where I could share the video links that I was capturing and then it grew from there basically. So it's yeah. pretty, uh, pretty nice. So then like how many of the counters that you have on there are stuff that you add or you and four other people add and people add themselves? Because there is a place where you can add counters yourself, yes. right? You can, you can upload yeah. counters yourself. Yeah, so currently it's mostly uh, myself who does the approving, I guess you could call it. So even if somebody does choose to add a counter themselves, not all of them are approved. Like they can basically submit it and then I will take a look at it. Is it something matching what we have? In general, it doesn't. People are pretty good about submitting new counters or things that have some original aspect to them. Um, but in terms of the amount that I actually like go and find myself versus ones that either submitted on the tool or on our discord. Like there have been the last few seasons, the last like four or five months, especially, I think there's probably been two or 300 of our counters that have been submitted on discord. Um, in the tool now, it's, it's pretty simple. Like you go to the grand arena science, you go to counters and then there's a little button on the bottom where you say, submit your own counter, you add your video link and, whatever you think the criteria of the counters are. And then we have like an admin UI that we check every day and see how many counters are submitted in that tool in the last, mm. it's really just been a couple of months now that it's been there. I think there's been maybe 150 or so counters submitted, which is awesome. That's amazing. Um, that's, that's great. I think the ones we accepted, we probably accepted about, about a third of them, I think about 50 of them. Um, and our total database of counters, right? now, something over 4,000, I think, in total. Um, but that also, there's quite a few of those. It used to be like closer to 5,000, but if there's like big balance changes that are introduced to the game, we go back and remove all the invalid counters. Like when, when the Treya um, nerf came out with her protection up and third sister and stuff, or when the great defense adjustment of last year or a year and a half ago i think now happened um that was like five or six with grander when uh, general skywalker and all those changes uh, occurred we removed hundreds of counters then wow yeah but so i would we, say yeah 
No, I was just going to say, I think probably out of the 4,000 counters we have now, probably 10 to 20% of them are submitted by just members of the community. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and how have like datacrons really affected the submissions? I mean, are you needing new new content all the time now to consider how like the datacron matches? Short answer, yes. I mean, I for me, it's it's funny. I think, and we talked about this a little bit beforehand. And I've been parts of uh, I've I've made content with many other content creators because I find they're what they do is pretty cool, but I don't consider myself a content creator. If anything, I'm a content consumer. Um, so I watch most of the GAC videos myself. And yes, especially now in the data crown age, the average like validity time of a particular counter, at least on Grand Arena Science, is one or two months. Right. So yeah, we're always adding more and removing old ones and stuff like that. So the more yeah, the better. Because I did see you have, you know, a little slide bar now, which I hadn't noticed previously for whether or not you want to see counters that include old data crons or ones that only have the current data cron sets. You can kind of toggle that on and off depending on maybe what you're interacting with, you know, or whether or not, you know, you think a comp you know, might just be more universal, you know, matchup or counter, um, or if you really kind of need to see, you know, what's countering this team with the new data cron, right? That, so I kind of thought that was a cool new feature. Yeah, it's definitely, especially actually with set eight, it's a, it's a great example because by default, it does not search for any counters that include expired data crons. So like, unless you check that little thing, it only shows counters that have either no data cron, which there's plenty of those that are still valid, um, or only current active set data crons. But with set eight now with the uh, level three where you gain protection up with damage over time, like you can actually, you can turn on show expired data crons and choose that active data cron ability if you want. Cause that's because gonna, cause plenty. Wampa and Vader are, st and it's, it's exactly, yeah. exactly. There's for Vader, it's a bit of an odd example because like, I don't know, maybe 10% of our counters show the Vader with the, the dot prot datacron, mm. and he doesn't have the level six, you know, Empire cooldown one, because they went together so commonly in set four. Mm, um, right. So you sort of have to filter those out. But for Wampa, it's a perfect example. Like, funnily enough, I was actually looking earlier today. I did all my GAC fights before we had this call here, but um, I was looking exactly for that for Wampa fights with level four, with uh, set four damage over time protection stuff to uh, to find some good good examples i didn't find them but <laughs> it was helpful helpful to see yeah do you, do you, oh, uh, speaking of which do you think we're gonna hear a, there's gonna be a downturn in the number of people claiming wampa or mon mothma are bugged because all of a sudden that data chrono <laughs> is back uh i think it's gonna be more mon mothma than wampa people with the the dot prop thing for Wampa, like oh yeah and it works again they must have fixed it um <laughs> No, sorry. Sorry, just data crown mechanics. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, can you walk us through uh, submitting a counter? Yeah, sure. So you go to grandarenascience.com, click on little counters, 3 or 5 5 or whatever. And then in the bottom right of the screen, there's a little, or I think it's bottom right, bottom left, maybe. <laughs> 
Let's see. I just look yeah, at the bottom submit. right. Yeah. Bottom right. Okay. Whew. I know my own website. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then you just click on that and you uh, put in the information you think is relevant. The required bits obviously are like the units involved, the YouTube link, what you think the difficulty setting is oh, as a submitter. Okay. Um, you can leave it empty if you want. It's fine. Okay. The only required fields, and it'll tell you if you try and submit it and you're missing some information. It won't let you submit, so you'll have to fill it out. It'll highlight the, the fields in red. Um, but basically put in as much as you have or what you think is appropriate. Add a note if you want or not. Um, and then click Submit, and we get a little notification saying, hey, somebody submitted a counter, woo. And then usually every, uh, every day or every couple of days, when I'm looking at the, the counters or the videos, I'll take a look at those and look at the video, see if it fits, if it doesn't fit, whatever. And then does it tend to be the same people uh, submitting videos, or is it a, a, a huge group of people? Actually, there I, I thought initially it'd be like three or four people submitting 80% of them, um, but it turned out not to be the case. There are, in particular, two people who used to submit a huge amount of stuff. But after they realized, I think, that I watched their YouTube channels anyway, and oftentimes <laughs> I would have the counters up before they submitted it on our tool, um, they, they slowed down a little bit. Um, hello out there, Kyber1Fun, if you're listening to this. Um, but right now, I'd say it's probably like five users who submit half the counters and another uh, just totally 10 to 20, 30 people who just rotate around, they'll submit one once a month or something like that. Um, and in some cases, it's a little hard to tell because there's no user login requirement for this tool. Like you can submit a video from anybody and you put in your, you know, what your opinion of it is. So I, I know there's some guys who submit their own videos or girls who submit their own videos, but I'm sure probably some percentage of them are just submitting a video they saw on you know, some people submit Zareth counters or Arnold counters or mm. something like that, um, which is great. Like, it gives me a link directly to the counter. And my my method of watching counters, it's changed over the years. There's still a few creators I watch because I really just enjoy hearing their thought process and stuff. But mostly it's fast forward, fast forward, skip, 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 because I just want to see the fight. I have an expectation of how it's going to turn out. Sometimes it's wrong, so that could be a cool counter to show. Or it's right, and that's something we don't have on our site, so I want to add it. Um, but sometimes I miss stuff too. You know, there's, no, I think there's like 45 or 50 who post on a seasonal basis. Some of them post every match, some don't. But creators I watch, so I definitely do not catch everything. You know, so it's it's really important that it's very helpful when people submit videos either on the submission tool here or on Discord or whatever, because there's plenty of stuff there that I, I wouldn't see otherwise. Yeah, and there's so many small creators out there that are doing great work that don't necessarily get the viewership, you know, but this is a great way for them to kind of get some recognition as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I, th I think I, I kind of want to highlight this tool because it's really as powerful as the community makes it, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of like cultivating this resource of easy access to a diversity 
you know, a variety of these counters. And the more that's out there, the more, um, you know, the better we can all do in Grand Arena. I know personally, um, Zareth came out with a, what I thought was like the best um, Mon Mothma Radis, uh, yeah, Mon Mothma Radis counter. Um, and it wasn't on uh, Grand Arena Science like right away because uh, it was just like, you know, pretty much guaranteed 72 banners. And um, that was one that I was going to upload and I never pulled the trigger on getting around to it. It might still it might be up there now, I think. I can't remember, but uh, I, I just kept like having to go through my history and find it and stuff. And I was just like, oh, I just wish it was on Grand Arena Science because you guys timestamp, right? Like when you click that yeah. video link, it just takes you right to the timestamp, which is, oh, it's just such a, I mean, on the user side, such a time saver. So it's a really appreciated aspect of what you guys put up there as well, you know? So to, to really, to, to go back to what I said at the beginning, it sucks going through a spreadsheet and looking for stuff. It's way easier to have a little UI where I can go exactly to that thing I bookmarked some time ago. So eventually I'm building this or not, actually not me building it. We built it um, from a user perspective because I still use it as a user. So I just want it to be easier for me ultimately. <laughs> right, mm -hmm. a little bit of selfish motivation there as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, yeah, I definitely love the work. I mean, I find myself going there uh, personally all the time, especially for ships. So um, I think a lot of people might not be familiar with its existence or, um, you know, its interface and how easy it is to access uh, counters um, as a tool. So, um, yeah, I, I just want to really put it out there. But um couple other things that you do that I actually, this is what uh, really inspired me to reach out and have you on was your meta YouTube series. Um, all of a sudden, you know, I wasn't subscribed, but you know, the good old YouTube algorithm was like, hey, <laughs> dummy, you like Galaxy of Heroes stuff. This guy's doing Galaxy of Heroes content. And, you know, it just started uh, hitting my feed and I started checking them out. And oh my God, I've just been really enjoying them. You know, the way you break stuff down, you know, checking out your notes and just kind of your analysis on stuff. And um, so, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about your, you know, your YouTube series that you've been doing? Uh, how long you've been doing that? So that's a good question. I don't know the answer in particular. <laughs> yeah, I guess Let's I probably say... looked at when your first video was, but yeah. <laughs> well, no, for the one you're talking about, the the meta. Yeah. That one I started, I think, probably seven or eight months ago, I think. I took a break for a couple of months when I didn't have time. Um but for me, this all goes back to about the same time that I started the Grand Arena Science website. Um, because after I started it, um, I knew some of the other creators at the time, like Skelterix, and I'd fought Zareth a little bit. And um, one of the first things that I did was, it's funny, actually, this, this match uh, today, I am fighting Skelterix. So I think oh, he's what? Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we can he go be watch streaming that. tomorrow morning. Yeah. yeah hopefully. Yeah. Exactly. Although he uh, he tends less to be less keen on streaming three v three for some reason. But... Yeah, he doesn't really like the game mode, but I hooked up pretty badly on my attack, so <laughs> I think he'll he'll stream because he stands a good chance of winning. <laughs> um, but 
when I was first starting creating like some GAC stuff on the Discord server, I started out making little like infographic things, mostly around like turn order for teams and stuff like that, troopers and bounty hunters and stuff. Um, but I, I was like, man, I'm watching this these YouTube videos and the majority of creators who are making videos at that time, this is not a diss against the creators, but most people make mistakes. And especially if you're a creator and like you're doing it live, shit, I would not want to do that. That's that's not easy. Very, everybody makes mistakes and there it's visible for everybody to see. Yeah. Um, so like, you know what? It would be helpful for people like me who are trying to, or are watching creators and trying to learn from them or like to know what they did wrong or differently or they could have improved or something like that. Um, so... I talked to Skelterix and like, I'm not a super technical person. Like conceptually, I understand a lot of things, but like actually doing it myself, ugh, no. Um, so I was like, hey, Skill, do you want to do some like YouTube series where we'll choose some fights every, you know, every week or every couple of weeks or something? And I'll give you like my, my highlights of sort of blow by blow. Here's what could be done differently. I can give a voiceover to it. That's before Scale was doing, because he's French. Um, so he wasn't, he didn't want to talk in English at, at the beginning. Um, and I speak a little bit of French. My wife's French. So I was living in France at the time. So we were in the same time zone. Um, and I was like, well, you know what? I'll do like the highlights. I can give the voiceover, but I don't have a YouTube channel. Like I didn't care about making YouTube. Um, he is an awesome editor. Visually, his stuff is fantastic. Like, he was doing all the raid guides and everything. And he, he wanted to get started in GAC stuff a little bit. Like, well, I'll give you all this GAC content. We can talk about the step-by-step -step stuff. And so for about a year almost, we did the, um, the Kyber show. And every few weeks, we would choose some fights, give a breakdown of what they were. I would do the voiceover. He would do all the video editing and publish them on his channel. Um, but this is where the idea of like looking at the GAC uh, meta, I guess you could say, um, at a very fight level or fight perspective level, started with. So I did that with him for about a year. And then we sort of, we wanted to do other things and had other, like less time. And then I moved on and for about a year I did with, uh, with Fatal, we did like a monthly round table thing, the, the Kyber Council. So a discussion with different creators about the meta in in GAC, different perspectives, whatever, but sort of structured, trying to stay within an hour and stuff like that. Uh, which that was the hardest part to get people to like try and stick on schedule. I'm sure you know that a lot here on your your podcast to try and adhere to a schedule can be a challenge at times. Mm -hmm. um, I've been blessed with my guests, yes, uh, being able yeah. to record at this time, yeah. Well, hey, here am I just blah, blah, blahing. So it's a good thing you don't have that much of a, a schedule here. We're free to talk. Um, so, and then Fatal I, we stopped doing that because we were both doing other things and we didn't have as much free time. It's like, well, you know what? I love, <laughs> I love talking about GAC. So I'll start doing some stuff on the Grand Arena Science YouTube, mostly just the way to talk about stuff and to share it with people instead of spending hours typing on Discord which I still do a lot with, with a decent chunk of people, but it's way easier to just talk on a YouTube video um, instead of typing it a bunch. So 
very long answer to your short question. Eventually, that's how I to start started doing the uh, the meta stuff. And that's quite a rich history. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. I really I love GAC. Um, if you take it up or maybe take it down one level, I think it's a shame that there is not a more involved and aware community um, around GAC. I mean, it's awesome now. There's a bunch of streamers, which is really, really cool. Way more in the last six months than there was the six months prior, for example. It's been a huge uptick, um, yeah. It's really, really awesome to see. Um, same with YouTube, just small, like you were mentioning earlier, Vox, like small YouTube creators, you know, a few hundred subscribers, but they post a bunch of GAC content or TW content, which is pretty cool. There's some of them, a good chunk of TW content, um, which we may do something with in the near future, but uh, a lot of stuff going on there. Um, so at a very low or high level, depending on which way you want to go, my ultimate goal is to make it easier for people who enjoy GAC to find more GAC content and for people who make GAC content to find a bigger audience. Because both of those make it easier for me to do well in GAC. So yeah. ultimately it's selfish, but. Well, I know um, the um, Zareth and uh... Uh, solo solo thank you um they yeah. had i think for a while there was like a it wasn't a kyber club for lack of a better word but they had like a amassed a group and i think at sunset but there was a group that was together that was like tracking their scores and then they were like even ranking amongst themselves and yeah. that seemed like a really strong community in which um they kind of all formed and you know they made a lot of connections which of course now that they do for like their round table i think kind of came out of that were you ever a part of that group or um what was going on uh, no so actually that, that was nev and uh, i forgot the other guy's name it's terrible i was on their show a while back a long while back um and they did have like an outside of the game ranking for content creators and they did ask me if i wanted to join but i i, I didn't really want to i didn't want to send in my videos and scores and everything um but they did have an out of the game I mean, it was dependent on your performance in the game, but they invited content creators regardless of their scoreboard or score or whatever position. And I think it sort of it fell apart when they introduced the skill rating, mm. because at that point, it wasn't exactly what they were trying to do because they had different bonuses for like full clearing and stuff like that. But skill rating is effectively how they were ranking the players um so when skill rating came out then it was it stopped being as popular i guess because you could just see in game uh, oh okay people skill rating oh interesting yeah and was that is that the escape pod the escape podcast guys yeah yeah it's funny you always Good have pause. to put that pause yeah. in there <laughs> yeah okay well yeah. that's really interesting yeah and then uh, i guess a sub question there um have you ever been on fight night i don't know that i've ever seen you on with, yeah, um... I was on Fight Night. Oh, you have. Okay, great. The, the earlier episodes. Earlier ones. Okay, a while great. Because yeah. it just seems like that'd be a natural fit to have you on a Fight Night with those guys. Uh, yeah, or even to um, have you on a roundtable. So that's really cool. I, I certainly hope to have you on again. I'll definitely have to check it out. I'm gonna go hop on their server and tell them to get you on again. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna start the yeah, petition. Cool. 
<laughs> no, it was fun. I, I know both of Zareth. I, I fought Zareth uh, last uh, last round, the end of the last week, I think, of 5v5. Oh, wow. And okay. I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I remember. And I'm, I'm in his uh, group this time as well. It's me, Skill, Zareth, and I mean, a few other very good players, obviously. But I think they're the two content creators. But I don't know who Zareth is fighting. So uh, he, Zareth hopefully will fight either Skill. I'd love to see Zareth and Skill fight. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, That's a who's who. Well, if you so, guys get matched up on this Friday, I mean, you should have you on. Jeez. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. We'll see. Yeah. I think he's going to, I think Skill is on this Friday, actually, on Fight Night. Oh, really? So, oh, okay. That would make sense. Yeah, I think as he's, well. already, yeah, he's already scheduled and set up. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I just love all the connections. Yeah, you kind of have with um, this group of players. And of course, you know, when you guys, because you're like, what, top 100, you were saying, I think, in um, GA? Yeah. I mean, right now I'm in, uh, whatever, 30 or 40 or something like that. Okay. But to be honest, my schedule is probably my biggest challenge. And spending time playing GAC, I mean, it's a bit ironic considering the amount of time, usually in the evenings, that I spend watching um, GAC videos. But I don't oftentimes have an uninterrupted stretch of time to like really focus and play GAC. So my ranking goes from, at least in the new system, I, I've been from number two to whatever, in the top 100 is sort of where I, I usually land. Um, but a lot of it is also just, I do have a pretty decent roster and mods and data crowns and stuff. So if I have the time to play, I'll do pretty well. But I don't, I definitely don't have the time to like spend to get into the top 20 on a regular basis or something like that. Like for me, the reward versus time is not really not really there so much yeah when you're in the top 100 i mean it's all just i guess bragging rights from there i mean i can't imagine there's that much of a difference of you're already in the top you know percent of percent of percent of you know uh grand arena so yeah if they would give titles back i might consider it but <laughs> okay <laughs> then you're really trying yeah, yeah. so uh, and on that note so um the meta definitely focuses. I mean, that's your show, pretty focused on datacrons. Yeah. Um, so, do you? I, I'm just curious about what your thoughts are between like set seven and set eight. Mm. Do you want me to repeat my 20 minute spiel from the the meta? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of want you to share your thoughts with you know six being sunset. I mean, I, I thought it was a really fascinating uh, you know uh, thoughts you had on uh, on the meta. Well, the TLDR, I guess, at a high level, I think set eight is the best datacron set we've had. Now, I mean, over in general for the for the entire roster for players to play well with their entire roster. Um, set four obviously was incredibly powerful for Empire, like ridiculous Empire and Dodge essentially. That was terrible and great and horrible at the same time. Um, set two was pretty fantastic with Repost for the Jedi, like that was overpoweringly good, especially for like JKL and stuff like that. Um, but I think set eight is the whole roster power level perspective 
the the most powerful set we've had so far. Health, no one cares. There's so many percentage health effects that it's great that it's not there. So you just have protection. Um, health steel is great in general for most teams. Crit damage, amazing for most teams. They have both light side and dark side uh, L3s, which hasn't happened for six months now or something like that. Yeah, um, it's so great to finally get that. And I mean, I feel like that is something we all maybe expected to happen more often when Datacrons were announced to have like a balance at the level three. Uh, instead, of it's only been one side or the other. And then, you know, having it only be one side <laughs> set after set after set. Yeah, every, every set I kept expecting, okay, at least we'll have like a token light side something. But it's been so long that we've had both sides. It's well, it's very nice that we have it again. So, what do you um, think about the? Because this was just set up like a red flag in my brain. I just thought, oh no. What do you think about the presence of accuracy in this set? <laughs> um, before I saw the sets in game, like when it was posted on on uh, the forums, I was like, yeah, that's another CG mistake. You know, they they forgot to include dodge in there or something like that. Um, but no, there actually is no dodge. So uh, the first person who suggested it to me actually was free. Mm. Uh, he's like, well, it's perfect. They have you know accuracy here. So set nine, they can introduce dodge. And I was a bit skeptical at first. I'm still a little bit skeptical. But if you look at it from the perspective of how set, set seven and set eight interact with each other. And in my perspective, this is the first time that two Datacron sets have played off of each other in a way. And by that, I mean, um, set seven has quite a lot of turn meter generation, like not direct turn meter generation, like set six with 20% at the beginning or stuff like that. But you have a lot of twin buffs, uh, debuffs expire on the enemy team, whether it's dispelled or not, you gain bonus turn meter. Um, depending on how many debuffs you apply, there's bonus turn. Like, there's a bunch of turn meter generation type things in set seven. And in set eight, you have zero turn meter generation, with the exception of some level nines, like Ben Solo and stuff like that. Um, it's all more about damage. So you can think of it as one is offense and one is defense. Like, one takes some consideration in terms of when you play it where the other put it on defense and you're going to get the bonuses no matter what type of perspective. So again, just my perspective, um, it's the first time that two sets have interacted very closely together. So if you, if you assume this was like a conscious decision by CG and how they designed the two sets, and now you have set eight with damage over time, protection up, health steal, crit damage, accuracy well maybe they don't want to make the community furious and introduce dodge with that so next set they have dodge health defense like some sort of corresponding but not all together at the same time overpowering set maybe yeah i would say before i actually saw it in game before i knew they weren't making a typo I was thinking it's, you know, maybe 30% chance that Dodge is coming next set and 70% chance they forgot it from the post. <laughs> um, but now I'm thinking it's probably the other way around. I wouldn't be surprised if Dodge is the next set just with 
stats and active abilities probably as well um, that correspond with set eight. So they sort of play off of each other. Because if you think of it, like dodge by itself, I don't mind. Dodge with like unlimited mastery stacking and cooldown resets is horrendous. But if it was dodge with tanky stats, like annoying, but not also offensively challenging, where here in set eight, you have a lot of offensive, cool offensive abilities. Mm. So I, I don't know. Like, like the idea of it being like accuracy and dodge being separated into two sets. So then at least you're not having to like farm the heck out of just like one set on two different sides. You know, you kind of get to compartmentalize yep. it a little bit. Um, and then secondly, it does kind of make sense if one, you know, I feel like everyone out of fear might want to build in some uh, Kron with <laughs> a lot of accuracy or two, you know, but while we have it. And then, you know, should you have not done that or prepared and then set nine comes out and has dodge, well, now you're scrambling and maybe spending a little bit to kind of retroactively build that Kron or something. Um, you know, so I wonder if it could also kind of spur a little bit of uh, revenue as yeah. know, either a future fear or, you know, something that catches people off guard. Well, I was watching the Calvin stream earlier today for a little bit, um, and he mentioned something on there. I think he, he chatted on, on his Discord a little bit about this as well, um, where the majority of the accuracy rolls on the Datacrons he's, he's farmed so far here in the first conquest of set eight, he's not really worried about rerolling them because next month, after we have a whole season of 3 and we sort of figure out, you know, what are the Datacrons you want to go for? And I think for most people in this conquest, they'll sort of like build their core datacrons. And then next conquest, they re-roll or build the little niche ones they want or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, but he's saving the accuracy rolls in particular, like because who knows what's going to happen. So I think that's like that's a good approach. No real stress about re-rolling accuracy. And in 3v3 anyway, the relative importance of accuracy or not having it one way or the other is not as important as in 5v5, like broadly speaking. You have less characters that each datacron affects, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I do think by the time the next um, conquest rolls around, we'll have a better idea of which like very important stats you need for the Lord Vader team or the Inquisitors or something like that. And having accuracy on the rest of your sort of, you know, non-rerolled stats, it, it benefits quite a few teams, frankly, you know, who wouldn't like JMK to hit more. Yeah. And it's I, not a bad start. You know, and I have, I've been hitting a lot of crit damage on my crons, which I've been really excited about, but I find every time I'm hitting like a stat I really want, it's like of the range it can be it's at the lowest point i haven't <laughs> had and this is probably just my own like circumstantial evidence like they can probably be thrown out but i it's just driving me nuts like a hit crit damage it's like 10.5 percent and it's like you can't i can't even get to 11 i can't even get over like an 11 percent stat of crit damage you know or protection also like it's not above that 50 percent you know of, of available range it's just been driving me nuts because I, I i get the, what i think are like these good crons and then i look back and i'm like 
uh, it's still like it's such a such low totals like when it all adds up because yeah the the hits have been so bad so uh anyway that's my own little tin foil hat conspiracy theory on uh mm-hmm. the good stats compared to like you know i feel like if i hit crit chance it's you know <laughs> the top range of crit chance it's available so. i don't know i mean I- it's again I, I could it's this is just my own anecdotal i could yeah. just be getting bad random rolls but i have to say it really feels like the sort of optimal version like the sort of you know the, you know the way like well i like to say and i know this isn't an accurate 100 percent of the time but generally the more text there is in a data cron description ability description the more likely that's the one you want <laughs> and yeah and I and like and, and i can't for the life like as an example i got I have a trench data cron. I can't get the good, the good, in air quotes, a separatist one to save my life. I have rolled that one so, and I've never struggled to get the sort of a, the ones I want. I mean, a few re rolls, sure, like right. I expect that, but I have never struggled like you know five, six, seven re rolls. It's you know like it's I and but now again. I could just be having a bad day, you know, but it feels like they may have, I know that they've played with weights and how, and, and, you know, certain abilities are more weighted than others and whatever else. I wonder if they are, if they are making some, if they have made uh, some of these a little more extreme, some of the weighting a little more extreme. That's that's interesting. Actually, the last time I think that CG spoke about weighting data card rolls was in step three or four. I think in set four, they mentioned it because they said specifically they did not wait the dodge roll. But I know in, I think in set two, they talked about weighing the repost roll. Mm. Um, but I don't think they've said anything since then. And I agree, actually, the separatist um, level six, I <laughs> I rerolled like four times on a datacron to get the level six. And I, I didn't get it. Um, mm. But I, I have found that one in particular quite annoying to uh, to find. Also, I am curious about the weights. I, I don't know what they if they have weighting still, or they took that away altogether. Or... It certainly seems that way. With the with certain ones, seems slightly harder to get. But yeah, it's really interesting what you say, Mo, because I agree. Even the ones that have weighted, you feel like you can still get it within four. Maybe you have to go to that fifth roll you know, and you're, you're getting what you want. But yeah, if you're going beyond that, ouch. I, I can only yeah. imagine how frustrating that would be. Eh, it's a game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would be like just raging in my Discord. Um, <laughs> I'm sure my guild would enjoy that. Um, have, uh, can we talk a little bit about teams? You know, I mean, datacrons are not datacrons. Um, what do you expect to be some really strong teams um, for this current set of 3v3 for Grand Arena? I, is this me or Mole or both? Or... Uh, you, yeah, Ken, Mole, you. Uh, if Mole has some suggestions, I'd like to hear what he's thinking as well um, for 3v3. I think that people are dramatically underestimating the power of the separatists. Um, I think in 3v3, probably not as much, though I do expect to see uh, GL Newt, you know, air quotes, to be surprising some people when they put him with his Datacron. And I don't know, maybe Django B1 or some other combination of separatists. I think that's going to surprise a few people. 
Um, I think that I, well, if you look at the stats, I, I don't think it's that surprising, but look at both of the separatist, or sorry, the Tuscan level nines, the Tuscan Raider and Tuscan Warrior. I mean, there's ones for Shaman and uh, Chieftain, but those are sort of mediocre. But the the Warrior and um, the Raider especially are just crazy good. The plus 100 damage, especially because the level six for plus 100 damage. And for Raider, you deal again additional damage for anybody who assists and they recover 100% protection. So they're gonna be at the plus 100. You put a little bit of life steal on that. Like, I mean, that's the the three v three Omicron has sort of lost a lot of luster in the last couple of seasons, but I think that's going to sort of shut down the common bounty hunter counter and probably Wampa as well. Like, maybe not with the dot drop, but I think the Tuscans are going to surprise some people. And lastly, I think Steer. In general, especially if you have the Omicron, is an amazing 3v3 lead, especially if you have Cal's level seven, or level nine, rather, and he's relic seven. I think that is going to destroy some dreams. You know, I'm really glad you brought up Seer as well, because I think it's so funny with her in particular, even just as we were kind of talking about experience before, the initial testing, you know, I, I was watching Arnold's initial testing of Seer, and it seemed really underwhelming. And then mm -hmm. I, he basically did more testing in GA, and all of a sudden it was night and day difference. Seer was like just destroying teams, really hard to get down, just snowballing, you know, against him and stuff. And, you know, it's just talking about the experience of seeing the testing, but then the difference of when you experience it in gameplay in a GA yourself, right? There's like no replacement for actually going through that. And then, yeah, you really all of a sudden are like, oh crap, no, you cannot take that <laughs> testing at face value because this is a different beast all of a sudden. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was just so surprised because I thought, eh, you know, maybe a pass, you know, gonna build her up obviously for TB and the requirements, but uh, you know, I don't think she's, I, I don't see her being incredibly strong. And it was like, oh no, she's very good. <laughs> yeah. I sort of see Seer and Zori at similar power level tiers, except Seer has to be a leader. So, I mean, that you can't put Seer with a GL and see the same results. Like, you throw Zori with no Omicron, even with, you know, Ray, and she's going to be great. But you need Seer as a leader with an Omicron, and that's insane. Yeah. For what it's worth, my Seer did very well in 5v5 uh, on defense. Um, and I, in no way would I suggest she's unbeatable because she's not just like Zori right. isn't unbeatable, but if you underestimate, but I think she's very easy to underestimate. I would put Seer on, it would be Seer, Cal, probably Fulcrum, uh, probably Scavenger Ray, and then, uh, Kylo, Ren, Kylo Ren unmasked. And inevitably yeah. I would get two holds because crew would just hang in there until the end, like, like I, I, I think they were all time. I think they were timeouts. And of course, then oh. my opponent was able to go back in and destroy crew, no problem, just a solo crew. But with, under under Sears leadership, it, it was clearly a pain <laughs> to deal with. So, so what are you going to do in threes with uh, with Sears? 
Uh, well, my first one I've tried Sirkel Crew. Okay. On the back, I don't know. I mean, I don't have high hopes, but I also know if nothing else, I'm going to catch somebody off guard, and I do have Cal's level nine, so that's going to throw a wrench into things a little bit. Yeah. You know, um, and there's enough. You know, it's in the back, so there are enough things in the front that. You know, someone, I'm not, again, totally not unbeatable, but someone's going to have to think about what they're doing. So the, the thing that I forget every time, like I, I said, I got Sierra to seven stars just before, like literally four hours before GAC lock. Um, so like, yeah, I finally, I was looking for the last shards in the shop and I, I got them. Um, but I think what, what I often forget looking at Sierra's kit is she has like a Rex nuke, mm. which I've seen on, there weren't a lot of people fighting Seer last season, but Arnold was the first one. I think um, Tassinex also saw it. There was one of the Russian streamers who saw, who got nuked by Seer's big nuke and had totally forgotten it was in the kit altogether. It's <laughs> like, oh, well, there goes my DPS character. Um, yeah, and the and more in threes, you put I think... in TM squads against it, the more that nukes come in off cooldown, like the more turns you take, you're going to see a first turn. I mean, you, it's possible to see a first turn if you, yeah, or if you're taking in, in five, turns. certainly. Yeah. 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 Right. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think, and I have a lot of people I were seeing were putting ninth sister, because if you have, um, Reva, you don't necessarily need that tank. And so they were slotting ninth mm -hmm. sister over into the, uh, seer comp as well. So I thought that was kind of interesting and seeming, it seemed like a good build in terms of just surrounding her with tanks, <laughs> right. That are like so hard to kill. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other thing I think it's so funny because Bad Batch, from what I saw in fives, Bad Batch took it down very easily. Um, and I think this happens a lot when there are really strong teams and you're like, boy, that team's really strong. And then someone will be like, oh, no, it's really easy. This beats it. Like, oh, no, Sears Lazy, Bad Batch beats it. But it's like, okay, one team beats it. But what else? Right? Like, I mean, I watched Seer take out like four or five plus different teams just annihilating them. And then it's like, oh, like one team had a counter, you know, it was this same with like Reva, you know, or like Jabba, you know, it's like, oh, Jabba's easy. JMK beats it. And it's like, yeah, but what else? Like, heaven forbid you have to use that team against anything else. And then, yeah, you're really in, backed into a corner. I, I just always find it funny when that comment comes out from someone. It's like, just because there's a one team that hard counters does not mean, you know, like anything super easy. So I, uh, yeah, and I, I think Sears is going to kind of fall in that uh, in that category. Um, it makes me appreciate my 300 or my 150 Omega shards even more. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Um, yeah, and, and, and there are some teams that are so valuable, like Bad Match, because they. Yeah are kind of a Swiss army knife against multiple teams, but then you really have to prioritize, okay, where is this going to be the, my best bang for their buck or where do I use them? And all of a sudden I'm backed into a corner. I had an opponent who did a really good job. He, a lot of times they think, oh, let's put a lot of GLs will be a difficult defense. And this guy saved a lot of GLs, but what he did was he like overloaded he his board with 
teams that were really only countered by like two teams. So it's like I use those two teams on this counter, but then I was really put in a tough spot to counter everything else on his board, you know? Yeah. And I thought, um, and you know, I, I still was able to make my, wealth, my way through it, but it put me in a position to make a lot of hard decisions, which I thought was really clever of him. So um, anyway, just kudos to that match um, and just kind of uh, really made me rethink you know, a, a kind of a different way to play GA, which I thought was a cool, cool um, idea that he had. Um, moving on, in your uh, Meta YouTube series, you have kind of mentioned that you want to dabble with a podcast. Do you have a podcast you might be working on or something you're kind of thinking about doing on that end? It's called the Meta YouTube video, the, but I just <laughs> oh, that's haven't it. gone through the... Okay. I haven't gone through the effort of putting it into podcast format and making it available on places where podcasts are available. Oh, okay. That's, that's gotcha. It. Okay. Well, and, and yeah. you know, you're here, so you're living the dream right now, you know, <laughs> I, I may be messaging you afterwards and asking some <laughs> questions on the yeah. easiest way to do it. Okay. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, there's gotta be a lot of other people that probably convert their YouTube's yeah, to a podcast. Well, I know Sarah does. So yeah, maybe uh, Sarah would have some good, um, ideas for you. Cause Basically, you just have to separate the audio track and then publish it. I mean, it's more complicated than that, but effectively, that's what it is. Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly that's what I do here. So I just I separate the audio track and then edit it down. So the other project I wanted to ask about, which I have been hearing little bits about over, uh, I don't know, Certainly more than a year. Probably, is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the list of testers that has never tested. But, um, but yeah. is is this project you have uh, called GA Buddy? And I was wondering if you could. Uh, I think I have that right. And I, yeah, I hope absolutely. You could, yeah, you could talk a little bit about uh, what that is and and where things are at with that and stuff. Certainly. So let's see. What's the easiest way to start? Um, why it is so late? is a great question to start out with or great topic to start out with um, because the initial architecture we built it with was fatally flawed nothing to do with actual fatal and <laughs> we were getting some work done by people outside of our group like the you know rmc and steady and free and video and whatever and they were not very good so they're all gone. Now we have the core group of people who can do all of the actual work. And we rebuilt, I would say it's 80, 90% rebuilt. Um, some of the core logic around how we ma manage data. And so, so sorry, and so what is it? Oh, what? You want to know what it is? <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess that's, from an uh, architect perspective, I love to explain the problems rather than the actual purpose of the tool. Um, but yes, that would be helpful to know. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> better to start out what it is. We're not covering that. No, we don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, man. It's cool. Um, no, just so tell us think about what's it, wrong with it. <laughs> uh, think about it as, actually, you know what? Um, a good example of what it contains is what is available on GG's Insight tool. So think of it as having everything that GG, 90% uh, of what GG's Insight tool is. If you don't know what it is, go to 
GG and check that out. It's very cool. You do have to pay like three bucks to get access to the beta or something like that, but very worthwhile if you love GAC. Um, it's essentially all GAC. I'm making it too complicated again. Let's back up. So the goal of this tool is for users to log in and the system, the buddy, will automatically know who your opponents are. And you log in. Okay, here's the defense in my opponent's tab. Um, here are the units that I have on my offense. And you can, in the UI, in the tool, you can set like, hey, here's what I've set on defense already. So here's, it'll, it'll know already what you've kept for offense. And then you can either ask for a recommendation or you can say, hey, I want to try attacking this team with my available units. And it'll tell you for the available units you have, including the gear levels, including the relic levels, including the datacrons or not datacrons, including the omicrons, including the speed, blah, blah, blah. Um, it'll tell you what has the best chance of succeeding. Or if maybe you aren't interested in win percentage, it'll base it off of um, you know banners or it'll look at the other teams you have to beat and say your best chance of beating all of these teams is to use this group of teams like you know overall you'll have uh here are the 10 best teams to keep for offense against these defensive teams type of thing so may not be 800 teams or 10 100 teams but 90 90 90 70 100 whatever something like that um, so the tool is essentially a way for users to save time during GAC that's split up into two, well, I guess three broad phases. One is the planning ahead of time, which is very similar to, you know, what they have now in game with the little sector defense and stuff like that. But you can see the stats of various teams. You can press a button and the tool will automatically assign your defense and offensive teams based on whatever criteria you set. At the beginning, it's very simple. Like, do you want to focus on banners or win percentage or hold percentage or some combination or something? That's like in phase one, just very basic. Um, then once you actually get to the attack phase where you know what your opponent's defense are, defenses are, um, or not really the attack phase, like when you know what your opponents are, then you can get another set of recommendations based upon who your opponent is and what units they have and stuff like that. Um, and then you actually get to the attack phase where you know what their teams are and the tool will know what teams you didn't set on defense. So it'll look up the stats that basically now currently GG is doing, but we are not a competitor to GG. Like GG is awesome for people who want to spend time pouring over all the details and coming up with a lot of conceptual things and like narrowing in on all the stats. That's that's not what Buddy is like. Buddy is just press a button based on some criteria you set, like broad classifications, how you want to play, and it'll give you recommendations. So, like our goal is to aim for the ninety fifth the ninety five percent of the player base, not the five percent who has the time to like be really really great experts at it. Uh, just people who want to save time. That's mm. basically what Buddy is about. Of course, you can not accept the recommendations like you can filter for other things if you'd like but the goal is just to make it easier for users to say like hey here's my opponent here's the teams i set on defense here's the teams they have on defense what gives me the best chance of winning 
or best chance of getting higher banners or best chance of getting one shots, you know, again, depending on the criteria you set for the recommendations. So is this going to be a website or? No, it's an app. Like you can get, well, we don't have it publicly available, but it's available on like iOS and Android and stuff like that. Um, nice. Or yes, it's a website or you can access it on your, your phone or your PC or whatever. So just sort of like GA Buddy, it's from a technical perspective, it's built in React. So it's, um, doesn't matter what platform you access it on, you can you can use it on anything. That's really that sounds cool. amazing. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Oh, I certainly I would probably, you know, use it uh, myself. I'm sure. Um, and then, any idea when you might expect? Yeah, to have it available. <laughs> have that available. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this is going back to sort of what went wrong and what we've done to fix it. Right now we are testing it. Like we fixed all of the, we haven't fixed all of the problems, but all of like the core components we had to rebuild, we've done that. Um, so we have all of the data available internally. We're, we're testing things. The reason why it's taking much longer than I expected is because unfortunately, all of the people that are working on it have real jobs and have things to do outside of building this application for a game. We all enjoy, but I mean, it's still not our like main thing. Um, so scheduling wise, it's a bit of a challenge, but my hope is it's when the, you know what, I don't want to give a timeline. I'm just saying we're, we're testing. <laughs> I've said it in the next few months, like probably a year ago, and that definitely did not happen. Yeah. So, um, it'll get there when it gets there. Yeah. I can only yeah. imagine that, the, the finalizing it is, you know, the hardest part, you know, and that's, it seems like that's kind of where you're at. So, yeah, we, we are actually. Uh, probably in the next few days, this is something that I know I can speak to, like if the next, let's say the next week for sure, um, we are going to start exposing some APIs that we use partially for our tool, but um, many other developers use them as well. This is a little more technical, but like for a lot of tool or application developers, they use, or they used to use, I guess, in many cases, um, the swgoh.help.api to build spreadsheets and Discord bots and stuff like that. Um, but they shut down because they're, the guy who ran it didn't have time to maintain it any longer. Um, and a lot of developers are using a, an application that is free called Comlink. But we're going to start hosting some of this API access for like the minimum thing we can charge. It's like $2 or $3 or something like that. Um, if any developers want to start using some of the APIs that we use that give direct access to the game servers, not, not for GAC history, but pretty much anything else. Um, so we're still working on the UI and the user interface and all that sort of stuff, but we do have other things that we're going to start exposing for people to use if they want to, I don't know, build, build cool apps themselves or nice. build stuff with the community. Yeah, that's great. You know, there's nothing our listeners love more than API talk. It's the one thing I get all the time on Discord. <laughs> hey, UTH needs more API talk. So we filled our quota. Perfect. For the next year, at least, I'm sure. No, but it's one of those really interesting, you know, I think a lot about the fact that this is a mobile game that has all sort about the amount of third-party work that goes into this mobile game. Oh, it's crazy. It's, it's quite 
it's mind blowing, uh, and 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 it, and it's also wonderful in many ways. Um, so, but you know, I, but I think about a lot in the context of you know, every so often they uh, we get a quality of life improvement, like um, they're exposing more information about uh, who's doing what in TB. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right. Absolutely. And, and of course, you can look at that and go, "That's awesome." They're putting that in, and it is. But you can also put that put it as we you know they should have had that in a while ago all these other tools are out there basically that already have that information you know <laughs> and lots of guilds are already using it um and anyway it's just it's i just find the whole notion fascinating about how how much information is and data is really out there and and how much of actually i'm frankly i'm surprised how much of it is being allowed to be exposed to players um but uh, they really in, in my opinion, they should go the like the Blizzard route. They should buy hot utils and make hot sauce and his team happy. And like, well, this is sort of nerdy, totally not anything to do with uh, Game of Heroes talk, but like um, Blizzard bought the um, uh, Wowhead, which is basically effectively what GG is like, but for World of Warcraft. And there's a bunch of other game devs who've done something similar where they buy a community tool, integrate a bunch of it into the game so it's an officially free available resource um, and just build some of the tool access directly into the game. So they don't have to, I don't know, recreate it and more people can benefit from it rather than paying 10 or 15 or whatever, or 20, I guess there's a lot of bunch of different tiers for hot utils. But anyway, I think the game would be better if you had more community access to these sort of tools, just give people all sort of a level playing field. Mm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of quality of life updates, I want to get your guys' takes. I think it's always funny when we get a quality of life update that's something we weren't asking for. I mean, granted, I guess it might be something that we need, obviously, something that we'll enjoy. Um, but particularly like the TB stats will be nice, but I think really only affect, you know, the leaders of the guild. I, I don't know that, you know... It, the normal guild guild mate is going to be really pouring over those and figuring out what to do and coming up with strategies, you know, so it's affecting a small group. Um, but yeah, uh, what do you guys think about the upcoming quality of life updates? Uh, Ken, let's start with you. Well, as a medium to high teeny performer, I will not be yelled at for not completing missions, but I know that some people will be. <laughs> And uh, I would yeah, lots say of yelling with this TB uh, <laughs> update, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, in general, I think it's pretty cool. Like the TB stuff is similar to you. I don't personally find a lot of value from it, but I know it's going to affect a small percentage of the population who spend a lot of time managing it already. So it's cool for them. Just like recently, where they put in the first, you know, X out of X completed special missions. That's pretty cool. Like, it's a nice, nice change instead of looking at the logs. Definitely a quality of life update. I would, the only thing I would like to see then is them say like whether someone, because it says like deployed into a combat mission or whatever. It, mm -hmm. I would like them to say like deployed X amount of GP into a special mission. So then you would have like that immediate, at least acknowledgement of like this person went into the special mission because that doesn't happen right now. You just kind of have to wing it i guess but i mean yeah, i guess i guess we will know um it'll probably say whether someone completed or didn't complete the special mission now in their little stats so maybe that's going to be a moot point where 
we will be getting that um, update. But yeah, that's it. I, I love your point. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we get quality of life things that we don't even realize because they're so small, um, but they do make a big difference, just like that little tracker. Uh, yeah. Mole, what do you think about uh, the upcoming Koi of Life updates? You look into well, making some fleet, fleet loadouts? I mean, the fleet loadout thing, like, yes, pat, way past due. You know, I mean, I think the last time I was on the podcast, I was, I probably went on about how, like, what, what the hell, man? Like, why don't we have fleet loadouts yet? <laughs> well, so, I'm giving you so, credit then. I think yes, this is all. Me. Well done. Thank you. Uh, but, yeah. um, but no, so that, that part of it is wonderful. The TB stuff is interesting. I mean, I, I do like all the information is in there in the game already. Like you can, it's just that so much of it is a pain to get out because it's like, okay, I can look at this list of 47 players who do do something, but tell me who the three are who haven't. Like, you know, there's a lot of this kind yeah. of stuff. Whereas like the information is there. It's just not exposed in a way you'd have to do it. You'd have to be very manual about actually getting the complete picture. So this is going to help fix some of that. At the same time, I mean, I think like to my last guild where I was basically a TB officer, like I, it's not that this is a bad thing. More information is generally better, but at the same time, I still, irrespective of this tool, I can still tell you who the bottom six to eight performers were Yeah. at any given time, you know, just because it now, of course, this may vary from guild to guild and some things are more subtle and, you know, and you, and it, it may be more meaningful when you have 50 people who are generally participating all the time, then you can sort of get a little more granular into individual person's performance that way. It's not just, did they do something or not? But, you know, so I, I'm not sure how super helpful the TV one's going to be, but it's not bad. I, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not knocking it, you know, I'm sure it'll help somebody at some point. Yeah, in a way, it makes me think a little bit of the the way you're describing it now, Mole, about how the information is there but just not displayed very well. It's like the uh, the TW who is attacking if they failed, didn't fail, etc. I I don't know if you guys are aware, but if you change the game client to some other language, like Calvin actually had this on his yeah, I saw video him. I watched that video. Yeah, but it's the way that some util like some tools like Hot Utils, um, the way that they get that information is just querying a slightly different interface it's the same interface just you get different output depending on the language you put in um or the variables you put in so stuff like that where it would be nicer if, if it's not like they have to dramatically change the structure of the data it just show it to us in a little bit different way and you know that that would be nicer to have those sort of things i'm, I'm thinking the tb thing may be similar where they're not really changing TB. They're just changing the look and feel of what we see um, on it a little bit. So, but you know, I'm also, I'm also always really thankful about quality of life updates because I know that quality of life updates are the ones that generate the least revenue ultimately. Like they're the ones that true. And I'm not, and they should do them because it's helps keep players happy and keep happy players stick around longer. So it's not like, it's not like, but there's no direct revenue to be made from a quality of life update. Yeah. So I understand why they don't do everything. Like I, I, that, that's the, that's the, that's not just about the games. That's about software development in general. It just is what it is. So. It's yeah. my favorite, my favorite updates we get quality of life. I don't care what it is, characters, anything. It's, it, it's one a on my list and there's lots of stuff I enjoy, but man, anything quality of life. Well, that does make me kind of wish uh, for TW, uh, you know, 
stat update. Although, I mean, I guess who knows what's going to be happening with TW. Uh, but it's like, tell me who preloaded turn meter. Squeal on them. I'm going to go yeah, after just them. Showing, I'm going to find them. All you have to show is the last person who attacked a squad. Right. Which is already there. Like, that's what Calvin was showing very clearly in his video. Oh. You know, the information is already available. It's okay. just in non, in US, I think US and there's one or two languages that don't show that detail, but other, if you go to switch to Portuguese or German or Russian or something. Okay. Well, that's it. a great recommendation. I'm going to go check out that video. I didn't know it was there. So that's really cool. Yeah. Kelvin's been doing some really great content lately. So uh, he's one of my faves. Um, yeah. I guess real quick, uh, we're starting to wind down here. Uh, raids are going away. You guys going to miss the raids? No. Nope. <laughs> Okay. Nope. Not, Shaking my head rapidly. I mean, there's a certain I'm gonna miss the familiarity. Like mm. there was something about the routine of them that I will yep. probably miss. Yep. But you know, they weren't they, they stopped being fun a very long time ago. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I, I yeah, I, I I I can I can I can live without them. Yeah. Yeah, I certainly have some, you know, good memories. Like I remember the first time I soloed the regular pit raid with like my Stormtrooper Han and like my Qui-Gon Jinn or something. <laughs> and it was like really tough. And I got some like good RNG on like Stormtrooper Han TM removals. Uh, and that just felt like such an accomplishment, you know, going in there with my Tebow. Um, so, you know, that that's always going to be a fond memory for me. And of course, you know, soloing the... Um, uh sith tramvirate raid for the first time was really cool and i remember doing that and um yeah i, I feel like we've had a lot of fun I, I've, I've certainly had a lot of good memories with it so i, there's I, gonna I have some very fond memories around sea pit uh just because <laughs> same actually because oh. uh, you know i um there was a streamer he stopped playing a couple years ago indigo Mm. not a streamer yeah. a youtuber though and and i was i was uh, on his uh, very active on his discord and he was very kind to invite me to a, a merc server for cpit just when when it launched and back when it was really hard like because yeah. you had to time everyone's yeah. you know you had yeah, to hold are. everyone it was i mean it was yeah. so it was a design disaster but yeah i anyway, have nightmares yeah it was it was really bad but but you know like that the sense of community around that and figuring that out was that was real that was the first time i'd really experienced that in this game like you, you know everything else felt like it was solved before i got here kind of thing or that which isn't quite accurate but certainly it was solved by the time i could get to it shall we say yeah but but that was brand new and that so i have some very fond memories now i have not enjoyed the last year of it <laughs> like it's it's <laughs> it is a boring raid and it's and, and and it has served its purpose and i'm not sorry to see it go but but it it represented some good times in the game so yeah in a way that's the thing uh not to take away from the raid discussion but that's the part about tw for instance that's cool like for the people who are organizing it and getting the whole guild together and planning things that part is awesome but in the same way that raids get old after a while once you have your like little cadre of TW officers who are making all the decisions, like for the majority of people, it's no longer interesting. You know, you just go in, you log your teams, you do your attacks, you parades, you, you know, the five teams, six teams, whatever you're going to use to get your certain score that you want. 
Um, so in some ways, I'm looking forward to that aspect of the the rating changes quite a bit. So you can do them on your own time. It's no longer a okay. It's midnight or noon or you know six a.m. or whatever. And you got to get in now. Yeah. And you know it's a new problem to solve. And I I'm looking yeah, sure. forward to that. It's it's uh, and it's uh, and from what I can see, it's a bloody complicated problem to solve. Oh my god. Um, yeah, and I know we will yeah. we will find the rhythm of it, and we will figure out you know the way the ways to do the best where you hopefully don't have to remod too much and so on <laughs> and so forth. But boy, right now it looks like uh, well, I don't I mean it looks like it's entirely different depending on what team you bring in. Like it's a really strange. Well, I'm exaggerating, but it's a it's a it's an interesting setup. So I, yeah. I I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing how it unfolds and what. Yeah, each team out. will get slightly different mechanics. Yeah, that is going to be an interesting aspect to this one. You know, one of my favorite parts has always been, you know, trying to get that maximized. There were a couple of people have really been perfecting kind of soloing P1 of the C pit, and I do enjoy watching their videos every now and again. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna really, I want to mod just because I want to try it, you know, which is I think it'd be really cool to put up that, you know, P1 crazy score, yeah, 40 million yeah. the score right off the bat. Um, but yeah, the incentive is never really quite um there to do it with that raid but i mean like with the um hstr um hstr i really enjoyed the for a long time the p3 like night sisters right yeah. like the best damage you could do was with night sisters and i had you know really i enjoyed taking the time perfecting that counter and like always seeing how far i could get and that's essentially what going to be a the whole mechanic of this raid. I mean, we're never going to be soloing Seems it, essentially, like it, yeah. you know, and just trying to put up a max score. So I think there's going to be a lot of enjoyment to be had there looking forward to it. But um, yeah, personally, yeah, I, I've been doing the STR religiously for so long. I, I am going to miss it. I did my last one three hours ago. It was, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, you know, goodbye. It's okay. <laughs> I think our, our last one is coming up in like four hours from now. I just saw my guild leader launched a bunch for 11 hours from now. I think he's, he's <laughs> we must have hit tickets and he's squeezing them all in. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's funny when, when you mentioned, mentioned earlier, Mole, about, you know, not too much remodding, hopefully. It made me think of, we were talking about QL improvements before. I would love if they would change the max amount of mod lo loadouts. We're now at... I don't know, 400 or 200 or 200, I think, for mod loadouts, right? Yeah, yeah and that's... we have yeah. something like 240 characters. characters. Yes. Yeah. And for that need to you change. Know, right. Well, especially with the modding stuff not in. I mean, heaven forbid, you know, you do mod for something like this and you don't have something that'll snap all your mods back. Well, that means you need to save all the characters you pulled mods off of. And God knows you're not going to like it. it yeah. I mean, so for me, I religiously do keep you know all the tunes that i have modded in loadouts in yep, the whole same. game and i hit that i'm in you know i'm constantly having to you know i i had ones for like all my pilots and now i just had to basically take most of those delete a lot of the loadouts from my pilots because they're not tunes i'm using um right. for the most part but they were just taking up too much space because i'm hitting that cap so it's like yeah what can i do to um yeah, free that up, and yeah, I, that's that's been my on my quality of life for quite a while. So, because I understand having a mod cap, that makes sense to me. But 
when the loadout cap, I, I said this uh, ad nauseum, yeah, you need, you shouldn't have enough loadouts for the amount of tunes you have in the game. So completely agreed. Yeah. yeah. That's how that <laughs> uh, mechanic is supposed to work. Uh, okay, so um, guys, let's do the uh, little fun part here at the end. We're going to do uh, Bantha in the Room. I've been uh, pulling this segment from the HNN, which I'm really enjoying. Uh, Ken, what's grinding your gears? Mod loadouts. I hate <laughs> the amount of mod loadouts. <laughs> um, We're going to really go into this. Yeah, besides... Besides mod loadouts and besides having to grind conquest for datacron materials, I don't think those are allowed. Um, <laughs> That's okay in those, this segment, yeah. <laughs> well, those two things then, I would oh, okay. say they're the most annoying. Gotcha. Besides, besides that, uh, I honestly, the last few months of the game have been really enjoyable for me. I love the new characters they've been introducing. Oh, I guess the love part is coming afterwards. So. Negative, yep. mod loadouts and grinding conquest. Just the time requirement of conquest sucks. I was thinking the other day, it amazes me anyone who quits now at this point because you've been through so many terrible things with this game. And I guess maybe there will be a future terrible things. I don't know. But like you've <laughs> made it through the fire and brimstone to make it to this point where the game seems healthy quote unquote yeah. for lack of a you know better term uh it just seems like yeah why why now it's like it it's actually good now you know uh it, it, uh, relative relatively good uh mole what is uh what's grinding your gears uh no fleet loadouts no um the <laughs> you know actually things are pretty good right now i i, I am in complete agreement with that and you know, the one there's one thing that's been really popping into my head a lot lately, and that is the number of bugs that are being introduced in the game. Mm. Now, yeah. I know that, I mean, again, there are 240 characters, and, and I don't know how many people are actually doing concentrated testing at CG, but no matter what that number is, it is sure a lot smaller than tens of thousands of players. And I like I've spent years. I, I've never was never a software developer, but I worked for software companies. Like I know QA can only go so far when, when you compare it to what your user base can do. I respect that. I don't expect CD CG to catch every bug, but there are certain bugs that are popping up now. I mean, and like Conquest is a perfect example of this, where it's like there are certain things that are now recurring, and there yeah. should be there should be a piece of paper you guys have where you check off these boxes. You know, does this like, like you know, perfect example. The the I guess Night Sisters, the purge the purge feet. It's not not purge plague the plague feet. Uh, enemy Night Sisters are triggering stacks of plague for that. That's I mean I don't know if it's pro programmatically the same, but it is effectively the same thing that was happening with the Inquisitors, and yeah. purge a few a couple of conquests ago. Well, I don't know, but. To me, that seems like something I'd test for, and it's an easy thing to test for, and and it's not like it's not obscure. It's not some like you know if 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 it's one thing if they discovered Lord Vader and Cup had some strange interaction, I don't expect <laughs> them to test that. That's fine. That's you know, like again, you know, like the, and then you end up with certain things like you know the text is just wrong about the description of that. You know, no GLs on bo on bosses uh, one three sector one three and five. Someone Again, had to bring yeah. it up. 
Oh my God. It's you know, been and, <laughs> driving me crazy. And it's, and, and it's not like that. Again, that's not a hard thing to test for. Uh, does, does, you know, you go in with a half dozen different teams and you, you, you know, which of them trigger this and which of them don't like, I don't, I don't know to me. And, and again, and the, another example, the night sister one, where it's like, no, they actually all have to survive. You know, you could have just said that in the text. Like, and yeah. maybe that's not strictly speaking a bug. Maybe that's just, you know, I don't know how you want to define that. Regardless, this is stuff. This to me, that's the easy stuff, you know. Uh, and and it, I, I feel like every new character is being introduced with bugs and Poggle. Yeah, and, and yeah, Poggle. Like why? Like the whole this whole notion of oh, we've like. I can't imagine this is actually the case, but it feels like it's this constant this constant acknowledgement of oh we forgot this Omicron might be used against a GL, like like that's <laughs> how could that not have slipped some how could that have slipped their mind, yeah. and 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 there are there are enough of these fair you know fairly obvious do not require a giant team of ten thousand thousands of testers to figure out bugs I don't know it's it's bugging me. As it were. <laughs> nice dismount. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a lovely mole rage. Uh, <laughs> I, kudos to that. That was beautiful. <laughs> um, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up, yeah, the GL bug in Conquest because for what has seemed like two weeks, every day, someone asks, is the GL feat in sector one bugged? And it's like, yes, we answered that on day one. We answered that on day two. I replied to this on day three. If you scroll up three comments, you'll see that it's <laughs> it was answered. If you scroll up five comments, you'll see it was asked, it was answered. If you scroll up 10 comments, you'll see it was answered. And like the person, you know, I and I, you know, somehow, somehow seven somehow 10 days like into conquest someone is discovering for the first time that the sector one feat is like done and they like are coming to ask for the somewhere for the first time and it's like oh my god it's just like um and Pico was saying this and I thought it was so funny when he was like you know that there's people who are going to be saying tomorrow hey what happened to my raid why oh, for sure. why did my raid i launched my raid where'd it go and it's just like listen we're all gonna laugh at you like you haven't read anything you haven't like we've all been talking about we're all on the same page like everyone knows this and, and in that don't be the person that doesn't and in that case especially i cannot fault cg for the amount of for for they, they've been they've mentioned it again and again in several places places even players who aren't on discord or the forums would re like they're yeah, doing, they're doing a diligent job of making sure players are in the loop hmm. you just have to actually read the words yeah i guess they should have so made it that sector yeah. one gl feet yeah hmm. um my actual one this is gonna be a hot take uh things i'm not enjoying double drops you know I enjoy double what? drops. Don't get me wrong. I like double drops. What I hate is the amount of stress I go through leading up to a big <laughs> double drop event like this, where it's like, I've got to calculate and do the math of like how many, days? how many days out and how much energy and like 
557 on a Wednesday, I'm going to like boost up this amount so then I can cut back this and then I can maximize and I always end up screwing it up because then you're like, oh, okay, well, let me not refresh all the way up to that day so I can make sure I'm accruing energy all that point and then right before refresh pick up all the energy and then I always end up like oh I forgot like I got distracted last 15 minutes before you know game reset and I forgot to do it and then I lost out in a whole day's energy and it just oh my god it it drives me nuts <laughs> you know and I mean people you know did that in the past and I think a couple um, YouTubers I think uh, Star Wars Dad or something put out a video of like how to maximize your energy for the double drops you know and like oh man i and i mean i guess it's fine but god i get so stressed out about that stuff so i guess it's more like <laughs> i put it on myself but oh my god like it, it drives me nuts and so yeah i'm i'm going to be frantic about maximizing for the double drops uh, on may 4th for the next what what is it a week i have a whole week, a week? yeah stressed out about this so oh my god it's it's gonna be awful um, well yeah looking forward to not stressing out and just like, <laughs> i wish i could let it go <laughs> just be yeah. like whatever yeah uh can real quick i guess i could ask you do you at all um and i don't think you do but do you hoard energy for like gls or anything no no okay not a day one GL person. A lot of people don't. It's kind yeah. of a niche, but um, okay. Yeah, let's get in. yeah. No, no. I was just saying. I don't make any content about it. I don't care if it takes me a you know week or two to unlock the GL. Like right, right. Yeah. I mean, because with your roster, you'll probably have all the requirements. Like anyway. Yeah. So then, yeah. Ticket wise, that probably happens pretty fast. Um, that's great. Well, on to that was uh, yeah some really fun uh negative stuff. Let's get on to the positive stuff. You know, we've been playing this game a long time. There's a reason for it. And there's stuff that we are enjoying about the game. Ken, anything you're enjoying about the game right now? I have to say, I really am enjoying GAC. Um, especially after the first two Datacron sets were done. And then even more after Datacron set four finished. Um, I would say after Datacron set four expired, like that's the second and best part of the data crown era era of GAC. And from my perspective, it's the most fun GAC has been. So I get a lot of a lot of fun out, out of um yeah, defensive planning, offensive planning, and just mostly just playing the the different fights. Like there's so many dynamics in play and a lot of different options to be different things and the way they interact together is fun puzzle, fun puzzle for me to solve. So I love that part. Really, really have fun. That's great. And Mole, anything in, you're enjoying in game? You know, I'm I'm gonna get a little, a little. Uh, uh, I don't know the I don't know the right. I guess sentimental here. Or... Well, I suppose gonna... actually it is a bit sentimental. But you know, there is a. I I am feeling a real sense of a sort of calm before the storm. Hmm. Um, you know, it, part of it is the lead up to the May 4th stuff, but part of it is the lead up to the new raid. You know, we, yeah. uh, there's this, there's a real, I mean, look, I, I am undoubtedly projecting too much on this. I, I, I realize that, but there's a, uh, there's a real sense that the new raid is like the start of a new era, at least for me, um, and like the new setup, the new structure. And, you know, just as like the existence of conquest felt like a new era, whether it was a good era, that's a different thing. But, you know, it felt like something, a, a really new thing. 
Rise of the Empire felt like a start of a new era. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying that feeling. I'm really enjoying the kind of sense of, I don't know what's happening, but I hope it's something good. You know, like, it, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's great. I love it. Cool. Um, yeah, that's what this segment's all about, getting mushy. Um, I, you know, I have really, my Tuscans aren't, you know, all relic yet, but God damn, I love the Tuscans. I think they're my new favorite faction right now. Like, they don't care if you're gaining turn meter, they don't care if you're attacked, they're getting attacked. They just work. And I have just like, especially in Conquest, anywhere I'm using them, I am loving them. And I am just having so much fun with them. Uh, I'm really excited to get the two new ones up so I can start using them in the 3v3. Um, oh, and of course, uh, Warrior went into like a super fast cantina farm. So, I mean, yeah. that's going to be done like yesterday. I mean, geez, like throw, talk about throwing us a bone. So, um, yeah, I have just, I, I just feel like, Every time I use them, I have a smile on my face. And I think uh, CG kind of hit them out of the park. And so, uh, yeah, I've I just been, and you know, who knows, maybe the Wookiees will kind of, uh, they'll hit the nail on the head with the Wookiees as well. But I just think they hit the nail on the head with the Tuscans. I really um, have been having a lot of fun with them. So, um, and, you, and you guys have them. Like, are you guys really enjoying using them uh, in GA? Are you bringing them on offense? I mean, I guess in 3v3, they'll probably go on defense, but. Yeah. In 5v5, they, they are you using them on O? They're good, the CLS counter on offense. Um, on defense, I'm hoping my opponents struggle. Mm -hmm. That's, but they're, they're a cool team. It's sort of, it goes back to like the Seer dynamic where it completely counteracts the existing yeah. way that many teams are built. Right. So it's cool to have some some options that make people uh, think a little bit and find some new new uh, pieces to the puzzle. Absolutely, they're a cool team. Uh, Mala, did you um, use them on offense at all in five v five? Did you use I them? Tried them I think I tried them once. Okay, um, and they did find I. I they weren't it wasn't a high banner win i think it was one of those ones where yeah. because because ultimately you know shaman and um and Ur -Ur -Ur can get pretty easily knocked out <laughs> yeah uh, yeah no matter what yeah. but the uh, but the others held up super like you know yeah. the 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 what raider chieftain and warrior mm. i forget who i was fighting but boy did they hold up like they okay. just <laughs> they just kept right? on trucking yeah um so i have them on defense this time split out i've never i've i've used the raider i have the raider omicron i've used that before it hasn't really gotten holds not significantly anyway in quite a while i also think i i don't know i don't even know if it it might even currently be bugged i don't know i always forget the status of that omicron uh it's it's kind of fallen out of been bugged and then not bugged and who knows but but yeah, anyway, hopefully, uh, hopefully the at least the chieftain one can, uh, especially with the uh, the datacron, can really uh, can really throw my opponent off. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, with that, you guys, I think we we did it. Um, Ken, uh, I am going to 
uh, post your Discord channel um, on our HNN server and um, probably a link to your YouTube channel. I highly recommend everyone go and check out um, those two things. That's where you can find Ken uh, and all of the great work that he's been doing. And you'll always learn something new about GA checking out his stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again for having me. Fun time chatting and um, yeah, I don't know. It's fun talking about GAC. That's my favorite game mode. So always happy to chat about it and share whatever little knowledge I have or steal from other people. <laughs> That's great. And Mo, thank you for co-hosting with me. Uh, you know, uh, we have been in discussions with Sarah. She will be back um, when she is able. Uh, UTH, of course, is a little bit more demanding. Uh, Jasper just doesn't seem to want to let Sarah be available for two hours, you know, babies. Yeah. Am I right? Uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm, keep... I'm always happy to be here because a baby made someone else not be here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So well, I'm going to keep having you co-host with me as we get uh, back on the rails, quite frankly. Um, and listeners, uh, thank you so much. We are so blessed that um, anyone takes the time to listen to the content we are producing. We appreciate you so much. Come join all of us and the conversations we have over on our Discord. And with that, it is time to go switch off.